0: Right, welcome again, and my guest today is Ther Willis, who there used to be a neighbor of mine when I lived in Oregon. She lived in Lake Oswego, and I lived in West Lynn, and we we're about five miles apart from each other, and the only time we saw each other was like at the San Francisco airport or Chicago airport or something like that. And for those of you who are part of the heritage community, you've read her books, probably, The Navigating on the Dark Side of Wealth, and uh, likely Beyond Gold, and there's a lot of other writing that she has that, that would be helpful. Um, so there, I want to welcome you to the podcast and thank you for, for joining us.
1: Well, thank you for asking me. I'm delighted to be here with you and talk about these topics that we both love.
0: Yeah, that's, it is interesting when you get a group together that all talks about this. We're all like, we were just talking about computer geeks. We're all like geeks in this when you, when you get into this. <laughs> <True. story. laughs> so, uh, just briefly, you know, can you explain for the group, um, what it is that you do and and maybe what you don't do, because we talked about that a little bit, too. So what is it that you, you actually do with families?
1: I help families and and individuals with the psychology of wealth. So that means I help them with their own identity, if they are struggling with, with who they are and who where they want to go with their life, with their relationships, with family dynamics, with career choices and what to do with their precious time and just understanding the uh, rare world of the inheritor. Sometimes I'm working with parents of kids who will be inheritors. Sometimes I'm working with the inheritors themselves of all ages. I don't work with very young children. In those instances, I like to work with the parents and give them some guidance on parenting kids in wealthy families. And, you know, once they get to be 16, 18 years old, then I'm happy to work with them and young adults and middle-aged and all ages.
0: And it is really a rare, I mean, it's a different world when you grow up in wealth and people, a lot of people just don't get that.
1: No, they don't get it. And they make assumptions about it. That's very common. And so that can be troubling for the person who feels misunderstood or feels invisible. Um, or just is really struggling to make sense of why me? Why do I have all this? And other people don't.
0: Yeah, I was with one family and I remember that the dad was talking and they were teenagers at the time. And he said, he said, don't feel bad. It's hard to be rich. And there's people just don't understand that, but it really is. There's a different it set is. of rules. <laughs>
1: it is. And sometimes that I actually get to make the point that handling financial wealth well in a family is actually work. And most outsiders don't really think of it that way and they don't even see that. But the truth is to handle it well, it is work. I mean, you have to work at educating your kids in things that they're not never going to learn in school. I mean, for instance, what is a trust? That's something I teach, what is a trust? Nobody learns that in school. I mean, I teach what it is how do you how do you um, do what you need to do whether your role is as a trustee or your role is as a beneficiary uh, what are those roles and responsibilities and and how do you handle it well nobody learns that in school and so families can teach those kinds of concepts that are very important for kids to learn and pretty much it needs to be the parents teaching them
0: and and it really is um, one of the things that that I see a lot, and I think we talked about it when you were doing some of the like pre-inheritors experiences and things that, that you you had done, is that these kids, a lot of times, they're afraid to ask questions because they don't want to look stupid. They want to, you know, they they think that they should know this, and so they don't ask questions when it's things that, you know, ninety-five percent of the world doesn't know. True,
1: and sometimes they don't want to ask even because they don't want to look like they're too interested in, right. I mean, they don't wanna look like they're too eager. They're trying to be respectful and they don't even really know what the territory is or what the boundaries are. And um, so, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of guidance that can help kids.
0: Right. So if I'm an advisor and I'm working on the same as a financial advisor or a fundraising executive or something, and I work with families, what are the kinds of things that I should be looking for that would trigger me to go, maybe I should call Thayer?
1: <laughs> so I would look for young adults who are taking charge of their lives. They are getting educated, getting training, whatever it is that they need to do something that they're interested in, at least now. I mean, we all, all of our interests evolve. I mean, that, that applies to everybody. Yet, you know, you want to see young people who are engaged and working to make a good life for themselves because we do want to see them get out into the world and make meaningful lives for themselves. And that is not that easy, especially when um, growing up in a family that has a lot of financial resources and you think, well, maybe some of that's coming to you, or maybe it's you've been told that some of it's coming to you. and. People don't really, the vast majority of people don't really appreciate the motivator that having to earn money to live on is. I mean, that's a great motivator, and it's all, that's all, you know, fine and well. Most inheritors either don't have that or they don't have it as strong as uh, others. And so it's really important to have something to do. It doesn't have to be paid work, but I do recommend paid work for young adults, um, at least to some extent. Uh, and, and, you know, unpaid work can can serve the purpose of making a meaningful life. So they just need to get out and make something of their lives. And if I see a family where that's not encouraged or that's nobody's it hasn't even occurred to anybody and nobody's being guided in that way, that's a big red flag. and. You know, we we just want these kids to get out and be able to do the normal um, psychological and emotional development that people have thrived on for eons.
0: Right, and one of the issues that you hear a lot about, and I've seen a lot, and I'm sure you have too, um, is addictions. Uh, so let's talk about that. Is that that's not something that you're <laughs> that you do, right?
1: I, I don't work with families who have a practicing addict in the family. And I can be, you know, very gentle about saying that. Um, The problem is that if you have a practicing addict in the family, whether it's alcohol or drugs or whatever it is, um, that is the focus of the family and families that have addicts in them know that it becomes an energy drain and whatever exercises and work that I bring to the retreat or the family meeting for people to do, they're sort of secondary to the focus on um, making sure this addict stays as much in line as possible. And so I've just learned early on, I learned that this just does not serve people well. It's a waste of their time and money. So I have learned to say to a family, once that family member gets in rehab and gets help and is clean and sober for a period of time, which you can judge, uh, then yes, I'm happy to work with the family, but not with a practicing addict in it, just because it doesn't do anyone any good.
0: And I've been in that situation where you're in the family meeting and everybody is so concerned about that person, even though they were fine at, at that particular time, but it took all the attention because everybody's waiting. (laughs)
1: of course it becomes the focus whether the family even acknowledges that or not it is the focus and it just makes it it's a wrong environment to actually grow and learn and the family to face the um difficult challenges of communicating in a new way and trying out a new behavior i mean it's just too hard when there's a focus on an addict
0: yeah okay so if, if i have that i mean i see you know in fact, we had a family I, I, I introduced uh, to you, or I told them to get a hold of you. And you know, in that particular family, there was one of. In fact, it was one of the in-laws who just. It was like she felt guilty about having money because she hadn't grown up that way, and it was just overwhelming. To I mean, you could see it's Just this was not a positive thing for her. This was really a you know a negative for her. Yes. How how does somebody introduce the whole concept of you, or, you know, how, how do they bring you in and introduce you to the family or what's, you know, you don't want to say, wow, you're so messed up. We need to bring yeah. it <laughs> well,
1: Exactly. And you actually have a lot of understanding of what I do and you have a g- great attitude. You clearly are comfortable addressing psychological concerns with a family, but many, many professionals are not. And people are worried about exactly what you just said. You know, I don't want to have, I don't want them to hear what, hear me say, (laughs) well, you are so messed up. You need help. I'm not, I'm not willing to go there. So one of the, um, (laughs) one of the, the strategies that I have found works pretty well, and I've had a lot of people use this is when, if you're the professional, say you're an attorney or you're a financial professional or a banker, um, when you have the family members, even uh, maybe the patriarch and matriarch come in for a meeting, you can have my first book, Navigating the Dark Side of Wealth, sitting on the table, nothing else on the table, just have the book sitting on the table. And then you can take your time getting ready to actually start the meeting and hope that somebody will be interested in it, pick it up, start looking at it. And then you can say, oh yeah, that's a good book. I think you might find it interesting. You can, you know, you can take it home with you. So that saves anybody from saying anything. It, it actually is a very easy, it's, it's even one of the reasons I wrote the book. Okay. I knew about that already at that point that people couldn't really figure out how to refer somebody to me. I've had many professionals struggle with that. Yeah. So that's one way, <laughs> or, or it could be something else that I've written. I mean, sometimes that's just an easier thing is to, you know, hand them my newsletter or, or, you know, just give them something that I've written and say, uh, you know, I found this article, and I thought of you when I read it, I think you might find it
0: interesting. And how could they find those things? I I know now the newsletter has been doing quite a while.
1: I have, although (laughs) I'm just wrapping it up. But um, I do have a website. It's just my name, ThayerWillis.com. And I have All the newsletters posted there for 18 and a half years. And uh, there's a lot of other things I've written there as well. And uh, just some basic descriptions of the the typical struggles that families have. And they can see themselves and that can lead to resources there on the website. So that's that's something that anyone who has a little motivation can certainly go there and look around.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm laughing now because I remember early on, because I was a little tense about this too and it was right after I read your book uh, the first time um, I had a client and I knew that there was you know we should probably be looking at something like this but I didn't know how to do it and uh, we were talking and I he said well because I was just getting involved in this he said so what are you reading and all this and I said here I just read this book you know one of your friends my you know <laughs> and I gave it to him I don't think at that point he he was ready for to admit that there was an issue in his family and that's the other oh, issue, you know.
1: Yes, and that that's a concern as well. Some people are not ready to admit that there's an issue. Some people are not ready to do anything about it. They know there's an issue, right? And they are they just do not want to open Pandora's box because, you know, I don't know. There's a saying about it. You know, the the I can't remember the saying, but it's that the, the the things that we. Don't like that we know are better than whatever the unknown might bring.
0: Yeah, what's that? the uh, The devil that you,
1: yes, the devil that you
0: right. know, maybe better than the one you don't know or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That yeah. yes, that's the one. And so people are afraid of that. And and I I have had many instances of professionals telling me. In fact, it even happened yesterday. Oh, I have a client I would like to refer to you, and before I even hear anything about that client, I know that it's a small chance that that person or that family will actually be ready and brave enough to do the work of making some changes that will improve their family psychology. People are afraid of the unknown.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, so, and there's a certain part, I think I, I've, people I've worked with anyway, part of it is the parents feel like they don't want to look bad you know it's it's like yeah. you know are you talk, I, I don't want to look like a bad parent cuz my child has this you know yeah.
1: yeah people yeah people do worry about that and i mean we all do our best at parenting and everybody makes mistakes there's just no way around that and so you're right people don't want to look bad and you know there there's so many assumptions that enter into this right about that for instance you know that assuming that they will look bad rather than looking like i found this door to open that i think will help all of us and that could be a very positive step but instead worrying about looking bad and you know just there's all kinds of assumptions that hold people back
0: how can can an advisor just like call you i mean how does how does somebody that not sure what to do (laughs) what do they do
1: An advisor can call me, and that's what happened yesterday. An advisor um, who I happened to meet uh, and asked me what I do, and I said, and that was how this led to a client that she wanted to refer to me. And that's, you know, that is fine. That's all of my work is word of mouth and through my writings and through people looking around on the internet and stumbling onto my website and. Um, that's or you know it can be through an attorney who was at a presentation I gave and then the attorney tells them so there's it's all word of mouth anyway so yes I'm happy if somebody wants to talk to me then you know I can respond to an email or a phone call or any of that
0: okay cool Okay. So like back to it's therewillis.com. It's like, you know, I have rodzeeb.com. It's pretty easy. We're not we're,
1: easy. Well, it's easy when you have an unusual name, your last name is unusual and my first is. So yeah. it's pretty easy to do it that way.
0: Yeah, that's right. As far as I know, I'm the only rodzeeb in the world. Cause every time I try and sign up for something, if I put Rod Zeeb, nope, there's not a already one one. Yeah. That's <laughs> so convenient. There is that way too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, this is great. Okay. Um, what did I not, not ask that I should ask in terms of, uh, is there anything that
1: um,
0: I really wanted the, people to understand kind of what you do and how, what to look for and how to contact you? Uh, so we,
1: well, we, I appreciate that. And really, a lot of times people do ask me about what I do whenever I bring it up or whatever I'm answering someone's question who has asked, what do you do? They're always fascinated, always. But a lot of times, there isn't really enough time to go into all of it. So I do recommend that people read that first book, Navigating the Dark Side of Wealth. It's actually out of print. However, Amazon, I don't know how they do it, but they always have copies. And some of them, they even list as new. However, and it you know, it's a timeless topic. It's a topic about psychology and family dynamics and human behavior. These things don't change. And so it's not, it's, it's okay that it's, you know, it was written, I don't know, 18 years ago or something, but um, it's actually, I wrote it to be an introduction to this psychology of wealth, all the ideas and what is the landscape of it. And, you know, what do I need to be concerned about? People know, families know, they need to, they should teach their kids some kinds of financial literacy or awareness of some, some families. It's a pretty um, narrowly defined topic, but um, yes, you know, families know they need some kind of help with that. But, you know, there's a lot of um, other aspects that I consider to be wealth, which families don't teach about. I mean there's all the legal terms which you know you're very familiar with and um, which I referred to in the in the definition of a trust, but there's other legal terms that that inheritors would be very well served to know about. And there's financial terms. there's how do you hire an advisor? I mean that's that's those are sessions I've done with families. How to hire an advisor? how do you uh, gather a, list of interview questions for an advisor that's going to you know these are things you want to know and that's not going to be the same list for everybody but you know there's a lot of um steps in handling a financial wealth well that people wouldn't know except for finding out at a retreat or at a meeting or some kind of education session which is about that so i really do encourage people to work at that and to, to find resources, you know, there are conferences, as you know, and there's other books to read and, um, and people get a lot out of that.
0: I Remember with one group of kids one time, and I said, Okay, so what's your responsibility as a beneficiary? And I got this sea of weird, I mean, they're all looking at me like, what do you mean? And one guy finally sticks out his hand with his palm up. <laughs> you know, it's like, isn't that it? <laughs> so we had the discussion about, you know, what, what is your role? I mean, you know, what, what can you expect and what can't you expect? And, and they loved it, but it was yes. something nobody had ever talked to them about. They just, just, yes. just weird that's a there.
1: That's a great example. And there's another assumption that the role of a beneficiary is merely passive. And that's not right at all. If you want to handle it well, right. I mean, yes, you can be passive and stick your hand out and just wait to be given things. But um, but that's not necessarily the best way to handle it. I mean, it's not the best way to handle right. it. And there's so much that people can do where it can enhance their lives.
0: Can you also describe a little bit uh, the book Beyond Gold?
1: Beyond Gold, I wrote later. I wrote that uh, more recently. And the reason I wrote it is to put all of my written and spoken exercises into it so that they, people can have access to them. And so every chapter is focused on a different kind of relationship and every chapter has exercises in it. And most of them are written. Some of them are things to do, like going and interviewing an older family member to find out more about how the values in the family developed. I mean, you don't specifically ask that, but you do ask for stories. You ask for high points in their lives and and things that were turning points for them. So to go out and interview an older family member, I've done it myself and it is amazing. They inevitably say things that you did not know and did not expect. And it enhances your knowledge of the family. And of course, that um, stability and that depth of being a family member really helps people to uh, want to take on the role of steward and um, taking care of some of these financial resources so that they can benefit future generations as well. The more you know of the family and how your family got to be the way it is, the more that works well.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the reasons we actually use your book as a one of the recommended reasoning uh, readings because it does have really practical things that they can use this isn't a theory book this is a yes this is a hands-on
1: yes well i agree and and i wrote it to be that it's really kind of a workbook yeah with a lot of text in it
0: yeah yeah okay well thank you very much uh you know we like i said we have a lot of advisors that some are members some aren't that are going to touch this they've seen it but don't have any idea what to do <laughs> at that point, and so just walk away, right? And 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 don't really help. And and there is some, you know, you're an amazing resource, and the books are really great resources. I didn't know that navigating wasn't in, in print, um, but I'm sure. I don't know how Amazon does it either, because there's some other things I know that aren't in print, but they sure seem to be on Amazon. <laughs> so. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm glad they are. I yeah. mean, um, it's great that they that they keep those things available and. You know, yes, I would say to all of the people listening to encourage families to take care of their psychology, because we can all build and improve on the psychology that our family has. I mean, even if it's focusing on one relationship and making that communication better or saying something that needs to be said that that you never said and or thanking someone for something that you might feel, but you never said it. I mean, there are all kinds of little things that you can do that will improve family
0: relationships, and that's a huge point. I mean, some of these things are not huge; yeah, they're just little things that when you but when you do them, they can have a huge and lasting impact. Yes. So, okay, thank you, Thayer. And if anybody wants more information, go again. It's ThayerWillis.com, which is pretty easy to find, and um, send her an email or whatever, and go from there. Or if you want to get a hold of me, I can get a hold of them too. So. Thank you, and hopefully this helped a lot of people that are out there.
1: Well, thank you too, Rob.